Alright, all over. Oh man, so like I was saying before, man, I'm planning on getting so drunk this weekend, man, at this Portuguese uh -huh. festival. I'm, I'm planning on getting so wrecked. Sangria, jungle juice, pitches of beer. Just planning on getting super, like, frat boy wrecked. I'm gonna get. Yeah, I'm gonna get so wrecked that if I pull off a miracle and, and, you know, bring a chick home or I go home with her or whatever, I'm gonna feel bad for her because I'm gonna be, you know, so wrecked. I'm gonna suffer from erectile dysfunction. Uh -huh. You ever, ever heard of that erectile dysfunction? Uh, not since I graduated high school, no. No, alright, well, well, that's good to know that you're getting erectile dysfunction in high school. Yeah, it's pretty much kind of like, it's kind of like whiskey dick, you know. Uh, oh, wait, wait, oh, we got, uh, we're, we're on, uh, we're live on the air here. I, but, you, uh, wait, you've been recording this the whole time? Um, uh, apparently my elbow hit the button. Ah. Oh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the This Is Happening podcast. We're filming. Yes. We're live here in Kenosha, Wisconsin, at the This Is Happening studio. I am your host, Diego Santos, and I'm and with me as always is introduce yourself, uh, Hector. Hector, or as most know me, Xanthor of the Third Dimension. Hector, the uh, Xanthor Third Dimension. Yes. For the first time, listeners, this is our first podcast. Let's quickly yes. tell you what we're about. This podcast is about homoerotic fan fiction. And, uh, yeah, homoerotic fan fiction. And the women that love them. The women that love them. And the first first fan fiction we'll be reviewing is, what's it called? Slytherin? Slytherin, the Harry Potter one? I thought it was Slither, I thought it was Slither in his Chamber of Secrets. There it is, Slither in his Chamber of Secrets. I only read the cliff notes, to be honest, I'm not much of a reader. It's the one where Harry and, uh, what's his boy's name, Weasley? Yeah, Weasley. Yeah, Harry and Weasley, they get married instead of Weasley's sister. Spoiler alert. And uh, just so you know, in this one, there is no Hermione. It, it, it's uh, He's called Hermione. Hermione. I thought, it was, I thought it was Hermaphrodite. Uh, no, that's you're, you're reading the wrong one. Oh, man, there's just so that's much. The one I, that's the one I wrote. Oh, that's the one you're writing, yeah. There's so much homoerotic fan fiction out there. Which, you know, yeah. which, brings me, which brings me up to a question. You know, I know a lot of females that are into writing fan fiction, yet like so many of them end up turning their fan fiction into homoerotic fan fiction. Like a friend of mine, I'm not gonna say her name, I'm not gonna embarrass her, but she actually wrote when she was in high school, she wrote a professional wrestling fan fiction, and all her angles involved, you know, homosexuality. Then we got this one with the Harry Potter. Which is po so far from the actual pro wrestling, in which guys will grapple. Bring each other down to the ground, in get own, sweaty, in their and sit on each other's faces. Cause yeah, this yeah, is a it's a really far cry. Yeah, as Tommy Dreamer always says, it's not gay; it's pro wrestling. <laughs> exactly. But I it, I don't know. I just I just wonder why does it, like why does it go there like with with females? You know, we're gonna open up with the message board, and if we ever have any female uh, listeners, you know, please drop us a line on the Twitter, which is you know hashtag uh, this is happening. Podcast. I don't even know our own handle, but you you can find us on a Twitter, on the website, or however you however you found this website. Oh, I want. Hey Diego, you know why we don't have a handle yet? Why? Because we can't be handled. That's fucking right. That's why we're single. <laughs> I'm, so, <clears throat> I'm I'm not crying. I'm 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 perfectly together and sane. Those are tears of tears of manhood. 
Um, yes. So yeah, that's that's the question I I want to I want to know because it just it just confuses me. Like I don't understand. I don't understand it. Like you know, like like you know, why chicks go crazy over like homoerotic stuff and what? I mean, same thing with dudes. Dudes go crazy over like seeing chicks kiss and you know, like you know, yeah. it raises my eyebrow. But in theory, like <laughs> it really doesn't make sense. It's like you're taking yourself out of the equation because you know, in theory. You know, if, yeah, two, if, if you're a female and two dudes start making out, guess what? You're out of the picture, and vice versa. Like, you know, if I'm, you know, I'm a dude. I almost said if I, if I'm a dude, I am a dude. If I see, a, well, if, yeah. Here's my theory. Here's my theory. I think it's kind of like if you manage to find a a, a, a deer in the freaking in the forest, just chilling, drinking from a brook, and you go there. And then you see it, and it's like, wow, that deer is drinking from the brook. And uh, then you look at it, and it's majesty, and it's beauty, and the, it's something you've never seen before. And then you realize you can fuck it. But it's kind of like that. But you can't though, because uh, you're you're not you're not part of its uh, habitat. Kind of, yeah. You're, you're not part of you're not part of its meal plan. You know, it's just like <laughs> it's it's real plain. Okay, no, but in in all honesty, I always thought it was you know like the the mentality has always been oh there's a chick well for for dudes like oh there's a chick she's hot and oh there's another chick she's hot and and but you're right like watching watching you know what it's like when you see two people the same gender making out and you're trying to like sexualize that it's like you're being really really hungry and someone takes two burgers and smushes them together but they don't allow you to eat either of them that's what it's like all right no that's that's the only explanation i can i can give like if you're really hungry you say damn i want a burger someone shows you two burgers and you can't have either of them so you're just enjoying you're just enjoying people I don't know, eat, watching people eat the food and just fantasizing yeah, exactly. that you are eating the food. Yes. Right. So it makes perfect sense what you just said. Alright, so that's your theory. Alright, so Hey, you don't want to put me on this podcast. So if I start rambling like a crazy person, it's all on you, buddy. This is why I have you here. I mean we I'm calling I call the opening segment uh bits and rants. Where I try to do a comedy piece, and somehow you end up start ranting. So it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Not right, to mention so, the fact. That, nah, go on, go on, go on. All right. So quickly, Hector, we actually got our first guest on the line. Um, awesome. Let me, let me, let me knock out this interview, and I'll call you back because I don't know how to do three way on Skype or in real life. I don't know. That's not my thing. <laughs> so I'm a one on one kind of man. All right. Let me uh. Let me end this call on you, Hector. All right, on the line, we so have is, Mr. Is Neil Jones, the f- internet icon, podcast pioneer, and a personal hero of mine. Neil, introduce yourself. Thank you. It's uh, nice to be here. Some may know me as Jackie Jones from In Your Head over at IYTrusting.com live Friday nights at 8.05 p.m. Eastern. Some may know me as Nasty Neil. From Without Your Head live Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern over WithoutYourHead.com. And some might not know me, and those people, they probably just don't matter. But they'll know me now, after this interview. Thank you for having me on. Hey, thank, thank you so much for, for being our very first guest. Literally, our very first guest. And All who that. else to have? Uh, Frank, 
Yeah. Yeah. So, quick question. Uh, how long have you been doing, doing the whole podcast game? Uh, since 2005, so it's the 10th anniversary, but actually the 11th year, if you actually uh, are proficient in math. Yeah, man. Most, most people nowadays aren't. Yeah. You know, honestly, though, when we started the show, as far as I know, it predated podcasts. If, if podcasts themselves were around, like, uh, they weren't really well known, it was like a probably about a year or so into the show when podcasts started coming up and people said you should also put the show on podcast. So I say you started in 2005, but at that time it was uh, what we called internet radio. And uh, so it was online and you could download it, but it wasn't like uh, on iTunes. And uh, the term podcast wasn't really uh, wasn't really widely used at all. Yeah, I, I found you guys off of the YouTube. Like it was just like, you know, Sid Justice, Shoot Interview... Steve Carino shoot interview, and I just listened to you guys on YouTube before discovering the website. Yeah, try to get uh, try to get the shows out there uh, by any means, uh, you know, on YouTube, on iTunes, on the website. Uh, re- you know, get the recaps on uh, wrestling sites, recaps on horror sites. Uh, any 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 way people can now listen to the show is good. Yeah, like it's pretty funny because. Uh, a few weeks ago, you did an interview with some MMA guys, and as far as I know, you're not an MMA expert, yet you had a really uh, really great rapport and great interview with these MMA people. And I'm wondering, like, how, how does one prepare for something like that? Or do you do any preparing, or is it just, like, natural? Yeah, that's a good question. I definitely prepare for the interviews. I tried it um, um, since we started the show. Uh, I probably got... Back in the day, I think I would go more by what I would write up beforehand. But, you know, like anything, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. But I like to write out, like, an outline of questions and, and where the interview will go. Now, if it's something like uh, like almost all wrestlers, especially anyone from the 80s, the 90s, or, or maybe in the 70s, um, I'll just have, like, just knowledge about them in general because, you know, I grew up watching it. And so that would be easy for me. I can just write up, like, a quick uh, outline of Stuff I'd like to talk about where I'd want it to go. If it's uh, without your head, it's uh, people from movies. If it's something I'm familiar with, I can do the same thing. If not, then obviously we go and watch a different movies. And there's more preparation usually on without your head because it's uh, usually like something specific that they've done, like this uh, movie or they directed or uh, they starred in or they're a writer or whatever. Um, something from MMA is different because, uh, like you said, I don't follow MMA. I used to watch it back in the day when it first started. So I know guys like Dan Severin and Tim Shamrock and the Gracies. And, uh, but I don't really know anyone uh, currently. And it's not like I can really uh, go and just watch someone's whole career of MMA. I mean, that would probably take a long time to really study. So uh, for that, it's a lot different. It's kind of... Uh, doing a little bit of research on them and thinking of something maybe out of the box to ask them, but yet still relevant to what they do. And um, I always think uh, the more I start doing the the interviews, uh, there's going to be people out there who know more than I do. I've been at the horror movie conventions, and some people will know, like, the key grips of, like, every horror movie ever made, (laughs) you know, every actor in every Friday the 13th film and stuff. And uh, I've seen, you know, I, I've seen a lot of those, but you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know all that stuff. But yeah, I think you always have to go to your strengths, and I think uh, my strength in the interviews have always been uh, making people feel comfortable and having it more like a conversation than just uh, asking questions and them answering. 
Now that always doesn't work because you have to have chemistry with people. But again, I think that's uh, been a strength of mine throughout the years is uh, having chemistry with a, a lot of different people. Yeah, that was my next question. Was what if what if you don't have chemistry? Because uh, I mean, when I talk to you, you know, no offense to your your partner, uh, uh, the one inch biceps. Like I think if I lived in West Virginia, we'd be best friends. But uh, when you know when I call your show and you like if you step out and it's just us two together, you can kind of tell like like there's not like that chemistry isn't there and things kind of get dry. Mm-hmm. So I was w- wondering like well what, what is your solution to something like that? Like if you're talking to a guy and there's zero chemistry and you're like uh oh. Yeah, honestly, um, I think um, luckily, like I said, I think that's a strength of mine. I can usually find chemistry with someone. And um, it's, I think it's a natural ability, I guess. Um, I, I would think that's the strongest uh, part of, uh, of doing the shows is uh, per, the personality. And part of the personality is, uh, you know, being able to talk to people. And um, if you pe- people familiar with uh, In Your Head, the wrestling show, I will know that primarily I do most of the interviews, uh, even when it was uh, three hosts on the show. Just because I think uh, I am better at it, and that's no knock, you know, on intro because I think he's very funny and he's he he you know he adds stuff to the interviews and especially uh, just the parts when it's just me and him uh, talking back and forth on without your head, um, which actually took some getting used to because I think Annabelle's actually very good at the interviews too, and um, she'll ask different things, but that actually took a little getting used to, and it still does to this day. Because I'm used to kind of taking over the whole interview myself, because out of necessity, and also, you know, I was good at it. But uh, to have someone else there who's actually good at it too, sometimes uh, it's like uh, nature to me to kind of talk over them and want to take over the whole interview. So it's uh, takes a little getting used to to have that kind of being able to step back once in a while and someone else uh, ask some stuff. But I think uh, when those interviews are really good, they they're great. They really work well uh, with Annabelle and I. With uh, uh, recently, like uh, Dieter Lays was on the show, and I thought that that one when uh, that was one of my favorite interviews. Yeah, you, you do yeah. seem to have. But a there are, you know, but to answer the question, there are sometimes though you do find someone that they're just wow, this is just not going well, and it's uh, it's frustrating. So, but I honestly, don't think it's happened too many times. Yeah, because I think you have what I call audio pheromones. Yes. In fact, there was one interview we had, uh, I remember this one, um, we had Ryan Shamrock on the wrestling show, and she, uh, she really had no memory of anything she's ever done in wrestling, and seemed to have no knowledge of professional wrestling, which is very strange, because she worked in it for, you know, years, and didn't seem to care at all about wrestling, and so uh, I actually, I was typing with intro during the show, and I was like, I'm going to get an hour out of her. And she, she was like, no, just end it. I was like, no, uh, I'm going to get an hour. And it was just like a personal goal of mine to make that interview go an hour with someone who like literally couldn't care less about wrestling. And it did go over an hour. If, if it's successful or not, I don't know. You'd have to, you know, that's up to uh, the audience. But uh, me personally, uh, I thought it was, uh, it was a personal goal to, to get an hour out of her. And I thought it worked. Uh, I love to hear it. Is there any, is it, on, is it online in the archives or? Yeah, actually all the interviews for both shows are, uh, they're all archived on the website. Uh, IYTrusting.com has all the wrestling ones and withoutyourhead.com has all the horror uh, one. And for this year, since it is the 10th anniversary, I've been trying to get every interview uh, I've ever been part of for both shows up on YouTube, which 
has been quite uh, a lot, a lot larger task than I did. Yeah, it's, it's quite an undertaking because that's literally ten years of interviews, and YouTube takes forever to render and. Yeah. Plus, I gotta find them and cut them out, and then, and then I also like to have a cool picture with them, so I can't just put them up there. I have to like, oh, I gotta make a banner for this, and so yeah, it's it's a lot, a lot of work. But I I enjoy it. No, that's that's the most important thing. If you don't enjoy it, why do it? Uh, quick question: Did you have, did you ever interview uh, Tank Abbott? No, we were having him on a couple times, but uh, that never happened. That that was that's another guy like I know from the old MMA days, plus his WCW run. Tank Abbott would. I think that would be good. Yeah, I, I mean, I have a personal question to ask that guy. I think he beat me up at a concert in Brooklyn once, and I want to confirm, confirm if it's him or not. So, so like you know, and, uh, I've been telling the story for years, and it, each 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 time I tell the story, it's there's a 50, there's like a you know fifty to seventy percent chance I got my ass kicked by Tank Abbott at a Michael Graves show. But you know, if I if I were to find him and and you know if it's actually him, that that would make that story awesome. Yeah, I would just stick with it being him. Because, like, if you say you got beat up by Tank Abbott, that's pretty badass. But if you say, like, I got beat up by a guy that looked like Tank Abbott, the story's not as cool. Yeah. What's that old saying? Uh, don't let don't let the truth get in the way of a good story? Exactly. I take that to heart. <laughs> if, it, I really just, if it's entertaining, that's all. I mean, someone might say something that's, that has no truth to it. But... Hey, if it's entertaining, and I'll just and I'll just throw in allegedly, then I think it's all good. Yeah, you just tossed that 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 word at the very end. Exactly. Yeah. So, long story short, since I'm a I'm a long story short kind of guy, Michael Graves was performing at this awesome rock venue called Lamores in Brooklyn, and this guy Tank, this Tank Abbottish guy, was literally plowing through people. Like he would like shoulder block somebody, and rows of people would fall down. Like it's like a domino effect. He was getting off on that. He was literally getting off on that. Like, he'll, like, knock down four or five people at a time, and you see him smiling. And he tried to do that to me, and I'm literally, at this time, I only weigh 120 pounds. And I fell to one knee. I didn't fall all the way down. And he took umbrage with that, and he, like, slammed me against the wall, put his form in my throat, took a few shots, and I was just, like, I was just, like, half marking out and half, like, holy shit, I'm getting my ass kicked here. And it's like, holy shit, but it's Tank habit, so what do I do? So I, just, uh, I, I just I just took I just took it with a smile. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's a great story. Yeah. yeah. But I did have I did interview Michael Graves, oddly enough. Oh, so there you go. Circle of life. <laughs> yes, it's uh, seven degrees of uh, of tank habit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another another question I was always thinking about. You know, seeing your seeing your photos as we're Facebook friends, seeing your photos online. You know, when you were like much younger. And I'm, I'm right. I reckon you know you have some of your high school friends and your local friends yes. with you. Do they ever like message you and act act like, hey man, what what's up? You know, you know, like you know, you live quite a quite a pretty cool and exotic life. You know what I'm saying? You know, human tables. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that happens. Uh, that happened quite a bit uh, right before my tenth or twentieth um, high school reunion. Uh, that happened. Uh, I guess this year was no last year. Last year. And, um, so what's weird is, um, sometimes there'll be people that, like, I actually were friends with. Like, uh, Peter Corey found me on there, and he was, like, one of my best friends in school, and he was also, he was actually the only other wrestling friend I had, uh, in, like, junior high, because that was, like, in 90, no, nobody gave, no, or 92, no one, like, 
like wrestling and all that. So, uh, so he, we, we would like, talk about wrestling. And then he found me and he saw I did the wrestling show and so that was cool. But what's funny is, um, a lot of people might not know, but I was voted, uh, most quiet in my high school. And so, like, I didn't necessarily have a lot of friends. And so, so, like, girls will message me now, uh, who, like, never talked to me at all in high school or throughout, like, uh, cause I, I actually, our whole class went to school together for 12 years. Yeah. And, um, so, like, they'll contact me and be like, oh, act like we're best friends or something. And I think it's because they'll see pictures of me. Like you said, I'm in human tables, interviewing all these people. And I'm just thinking, you never talked to me at all. Now they're acting like we're best friends. And it's like, I get lost. (laughs) Um, There was was even one guy who uh, who used to, um, I remember this, clearly used to punch me in the arm. And he used to lick his thumb and press it on my glasses because I wore glasses back then. Yeah. And, like, they kept trying to go out to eat with me. And I'm like, I don't want to go eat with what the, Why would I want to meet this guy again? And then um, um, I used to always say, well, I still say sometimes I'm straight edge, which I, I thought was funny because there's all these pictures of me drinking. So it's clearly not true. Yeah. And then one day he's like, oh, you just lied to me uh, telling me you're straight edge, but you're really not to see his pictures you drink. And he's like, that's no way to t- treat someone who is, like, your best friend since we were 12. And I'm thinking... He, he really either has a totally different memory of of, of our relationship in, in in junior high and high school, or uh, uh, or maybe he thinks that's being friendly with somebody, <laughs> spitting on the glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very weird. Actually, actually, if I could get once again get personal with you, your uh, uh-huh. your LASIK story is pretty much what led me to getting LASIK myself. Oh, well, they're very cool. Um, like, I had wore glasses since I was six. Very bad eyesight. Actually, before I got the LASIK, uh, uh, like, legally blind in the one eye, and I had uh, 20-60 vision in the other eye with glasses, and I literally couldn't read the top line on the thing. And she's and the, and the nurse was, like, like looking at me. She's like, can you even see me? And I'm like, yeah, but it's, like, basically a blur. Well, yeah, so I got LASIK. And um, literally the next day, like, I could see better than I've ever been able to see in my life. And uh, that really changed a lot for me. It's, you know, it's uh, it's a lot different actually being able to see people that, that are in front of you when you're talking to them. Yeah, people take eyesight so for granted. And it's just like, to me, it was very liberating. You know, I didn't have to depend on yeah. glasses or contacts or nothing. It was just like... Yeah, even now, since I got it seven or eight years ago... Uh, Maybe not quite that long, but either way, uh, I'll still wake up every once in a while and reach over to put on like glasses because it was just like uh, you know every morning I get up, put my glasses on, and I'll do that. And every once in a while, I'll even go to push up my glasses, even though there's nothing there. Oh, like 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 oh yeah, from your nose like that position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So it's like phantom glasses. Yeah, phantom glasses, which is also the name of my rock band and horror movie coming up. Phantom glasses, rated yeah. R. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so so your entire class is from kindergarten to twelfth grade. It's like Little House on the Prairie stuff, isn't it? Like, yeah, it was the class? last uh, the last class of that uh, of uh, of sandwich that, that did that. We went from uh, kindergarten to sixth grade at the one school, and then seventh grade to twelfth grade in, in the high school. And it was it was the last class to do that. After that, uh, they 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 created new schools and uh, but yeah, uh, before that we went uh, from kindergarten to twelfth grade together. Oh, nice. Um, do you have any uh, upcoming conventions or or, or uh, what's it called? Uh, dinner and a movie uh, adventures coming up? Um, 
let's see. Well, Dinner in the Movies, people don't know, is uh, it's Hector and myself. And basically, we just go, uh, we watch a movie or do something, and then uh, we review the experience uh, over dinner. Either if it's a movie, we review the movie over dinner. So it's a combination uh, movie review and uh, meal review. And really, it's more just about us talking and being silly than necessary, just talking about the movie. Um, coming up in August, we'll be going uh, for our third annual trip to uh, the Catskills in New York to do uh, stone carving with Kevin Van Hentenrich, who is the star of Basket Case, uh, called Classic Horror Film from the 80s. And now he's a stone carver from, uh, by trade, and he does a free seminar. So anyone, uh, if anyone listening can, can come and do this. He does it for like two weeks, so you can come for like a day, a few hours. You can stay the whole two weeks or a few days, whatever you want to do. And uh, he teaches you the ancient art of stone carving. And it's cool because Annabelle's a really uh, talented artist. You know, I'm not in, so, but both of us had a, a fun experience because uh, she did really well and he taught me, you know, uh, like real basic stuff and it, it, it's a lot of fun. So we'll be doing that. We're planning on doing some stops while we're there. We might go to big, it's like, I, I just, she just now posted this on my Facebook page. It's like big gay ice cream shop or something. <laughs> so uh, that'll be fun. Uh, so we'll do that. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure there's some big summer movies coming out, so we'll probably do them. Actually, you might go to uh, P-Town, if people aren't familiar with that. It's Provincetown on Cape Cod, and it's a big gay and lesbian um, community. And since uh, we're we'll taping this, uh, they just now passed the law of gay, uh, gay marriage legal. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, hoopla going on in P-Town. And uh, I've never been there, even though I'm from the Cape. And so that'll be fun, and we'll get some uh, videos of, uh, of our hijinks there. Uh, for conventions, um, we've got one coming up, but I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to talk about it yet, but um, it'll be, if it happens, it'll be our first time ever at this uh, specific uh, horror movie convention. I'll, I'll say the name of it. It's um, Spooky Empire. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll, that will happen in, uh, in October. Um, that sounds nice. Um, did you hear about this thing that just happened? I, I just got a, a blurb of it. Uh, this, you know, that's Disney movie called Inside Out that just came out. It's kind of like Hermit's yes. Head of Pixar. So these, uh -huh. so the theaters full of little kids, and whoever was in the projector messed up, and instead of putting on Inside Out, they put on Insidious Three. Yeah, I mentioned actually on Without Your Head this week. Um, it's really funny, and then if you read the, um, if you read the. Uh, if, if you read the quotes, it's like, oh, we're seeing dismembered children also. And that made me think, like, did they just watch the whole movie? And just, well, man, this this Pixar animation's really, really, uh, really improved. It's just like, you know, live action people up there on the screen. Like, didn't they realize that they weren't watching the movie? I mean, I don't, I haven't seen Insidious 3, so I assume kids don't just get slaughtered, like, in the opening credits. So maybe they do. I don't know, but... Seems like they just sat there and watched the movie for like an hour before they even realized. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, speaking of, um, I can't pronounce his name, uh, Mike from Basket Case. I was thinking about asking him, even though he lives in the Catskills, and my uh, geography is terrible. Anything, anything outside of New York City? I was gonna see uh -huh. if he wanted to go to the play because I saw he shared it on Facebook after I shared it. The, there's a Basket Case play in, playing in New York City called Casey. Look it up on Google, people. Casey, 30 years later. it's But it's only playing on Mondays, like every other Monday. So I was going to see if you wanted to go. I'm thinking about August 17th, the day before my birthday. 
Yeah, we would definitely like to go. We were actually seeing maybe if we could make this all part of the Van Hemstrick trip. Um, if we could plan it all together. We'll have to work out the details, but yeah, we would definitely like to go. Oh, oh that's a, all right. Bird, bird of a feather thing together, or something like that. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Plus, it would really fit in, because we're going to see uh, Kevin, who was the star of the movie. So if we would go and see a play based off his movie from 30 years ago, and then see Uda, maybe we could even get him to come along. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking about like sending a message to see if he wanted to see if he wanted to hit the city. But like, I wanted to, I wanted to, uh, yeah, because like I said, my 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 knowledge of geography is horrendous. I just know Catskills, somewhere upstate, and I don't even know where that is. Yeah, it's a, it's Hunter, New York, in the Catskills, which it's it's not far from. Um, from Woodstock. It's a really nice area. In the summertime, it's really uh, hardly anybody up there because, you know, it's uh, people will go up to, to go skiing. So in the summertime, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, fairly quiet. Yeah. Are you are you active on the Twitter at all? What was that? Are you active on the Twitter at all? Twitter? With, I do have Twitter. I don't use it too much. I, I know people always uh, are on me about using it more. I'll be honest, uh, uh, my friend Ron was the one who got me on MySpace back in the day. I was like, oh, what the hell do I want to use that for? And he's like, no, it'll be good for the show. And he made me a MySpace, and that was popular. Then it just totally died. And then it was um, something Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn, who's a, a fan of Without Your Head, he was like, you guys should really get on Facebook. And I was like, ah, screw that. Uh, who cares about Facebook? And then uh, he went and made the Without Your Head uh, Facebook page, and uh, that really has blown up over the years. So, so yeah, I guess I should probably get on Twitter. Um, should stay on these stick. This Twitter and Instagram, those are really uh, blowing up. The, I'm not a big fan of using the Twitter though, because you gotta, you also have to really dump yourself down when you write anything. It's like you're you're like typed in speak like uh, 1984. It's like you have to write a double plus good because you only have so many characters, so like it's hard to express yourself. And one hundred and forty-five. But uh, yeah, I'm up there. It's at without your head. All right, cool. Good. That's one thing. Uh, we I got a Twitter, but I I'm just slowly slowly starting to use it. Just like it took me forever to learn the the MySpace and learn the Facebook, and we always gotta. I'm afraid, I'm afraid yeah. what, what's gonna happen like like in uh, ten fifteen uh, years. Early story short, I think I said a short story long. Just a minute ago. <laughs> it's usually how my stories are, and I whenever I say long story short, it's a lie. It's usually uh, pretty long. Yeah. Well, some when you're saying about if you don't have uh, chemistry with your guests, sometimes you just have to uh, you just have to uh, bullshit and uh, and and talk really uh, just uh, expand the story, make it very long, basically filler, but make it entertaining. This is a. There's a little hint for you. Yeah, this is a, what do we call it? This is right here. It's more than just a podcast. It's a podcast lesson. It's a lesson in history. Exactly. And uh, that's why, you know, I need, like, first few episodes, I need people that I know have chemistry and people that I know can carry, who can carry me until I uh, get my legs. This is like training wheels. I got you. You're doing well. You're doing well. All right. Thank you, Mr. Jones. And on that happy note, uh,. We're going to end this episode as we're hitting the 25-minute mark of the interview. Uh, is I believe this is their longest interview to date. <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, so far, it's been the best interview I've ever had on this podcast. I feel honored. <laughs> oh, man. Do you have any parting words, Mr. Jones? 
thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's, been my, it's been my pleasure. I really do appreciate you asking me to come on. I've uh, known you for a long time, met you in person, and uh, good luck to, uh, to everything going on here on This Is Happening podcast. Yes, this is happening. All right, thank you very much. We'll love to have you again when I'm, you know, without the training wheels. And uh, I think you know, we, yeah. you'll be too big to have me back. Nah, that's not true. But I'm, I'm glad to have you. We'll tell, we'll, we'll tell our next time we'll tell our stories of Atlantic City, and hopefully we'll yeah. tell stories of uh, New York City. Very cool. Anytime you want, me, so let me know. All right, cool. Thank you, Mr. Jones. Thank you. And we're back. I'd like to once again thank um, Neil Jones from WithoutYourHead.com, InYourHead.com, or InYourHead.com. Google it. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, the Twitter. They're all over the place. Excellent podcast. If you like horror movies, uh, Without Your Head. If you love wrestling and general wackiness, In Your Head. All right, Hector. Uh, so there's this convention coming up in a couple of days. Are you going or what? The comic one. Um, uh comic book convention um i very rarely go to conventions Why is um in my opinion they're not what they're what they used to be you know back then they were really great and a lot of things went on but things you know conventions have changed some of the changes are good some of the changes are bad but much they're like uh for me they're just like you know Chewed pieces of gum. All the flavor is gone. Huh. You know. What makes you say that? Well, um, well, before I explain, I will admit to this that the reasons are exclusive to me. If people share my beliefs, that's great. If they don't, well, I'm sorry, but um, I will name three bad changes. And I'm going to name three good changes. Uh, the first, the first in the series, um, it's become way too, a lot of these cons, uh, become way too commercial, especially the big Apple Comic Con, because it's all about, they, they're not so much cons, they're more like, just glorified uh, flea markets now. People just go there to sell things, and, you know, people go to cosplay, I mean, if you could cosplay to a flea market, I think it'd be a lot more popular. <laughs> but, uh, that's my first thing. My second beef with the um, with uh, with 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 Comic Cons these days is that they're just so far away. I mean, there's one being put together in Newark at the Prudential Center. They're talking about that. Uh, it's it's most likely a definite. But the truth is, you know, it's, I think it would have been a lot nicer if this was earlier. But still, a lot of these cons are pretty far away and. You know, it costs a lot of money to get into them, and you're talking like seventy, eighty dollars plus just for multiple days. Just to get in, holy jeez! Yeah, just to get in, like a uh, freaking anime next is like eighty bucks for four days, which is madness, in my opinion. Twenty dollars um, a day. And the third reason, what's that? That's a twenty dollars a day. That's not too bad, but. No, probably not. But that's the thing. If you try to go individuals, like fifty dollars a day. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's not happening. So if you if you like you want if you want like to go all four days, you can buy it all as a pack. But if you try to like divvy up the days, you're like, oh, it's still going to be no, it's not going to be that price. They're still gouging you. Um, and finally, the last reason, and this is a reason that's a double-edged sword. So I'm going to put it in both 
my good things and bad things about Comic-Con um, categories. Um, no more slutty costumes. You know, slutty costumes were a great thing about Comic-Con because slutty costumes equaled slutty girls. And uh, let's face it, if you wanted to get some trim, get a chance you could get some at a Comic-Con. All you have to do is scope out and, you know, try to find the girl in the uh, Deadpool bikini and, and like, oh, well, game time. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you say that, but I mean, let's be honest. I mean, for every one hot chick, there's probably like a hundred dudes. So it's not like anyone did a. I'm sorry, I didn't say that. I said, you know, the the numbers, the numbers game is not in the in the average dude's favor. I mean, for every, no, it, every it's, girl, it's probably you're, like you're absolutely girls. right. Like by ratio, there is like maybe what, like, five guys for every one girl, and uh, and, and if you go by, by attractiveness, there's, like, one really hot chick for every, like, 12 dudes, but I've been able to, like, you know, talk to chicks, I've made out with a couple of chicks at Comic-Con, it's pretty cool, um, now uh, for the good changes, wait, 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 don't, don't, uh, don't gloss over that, what do you mean you made out with some chicks at Comic-Con? <laughs> Um, it's, well, yeah, there was, I don't know what, he actually have a story, if you don't mind me sharing the full story, it's not long. Yeah, that's all we're here for. Sure. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, I believe it was probably 2010, I was at the Comic-Con, at the Big Apple Comic-Con, and I bought the four-day pass, and I was there on the final day, Sunday, and, you know, there were, it, it was about, around 7 o'clock, people were starting to close up. And uh, I was just walking around looking for something to do. Was, you know, like all the vendors have gone and closed up shop, and there was just a cut, like an hour till the place closed up. And I was walking, and I hear like some some lady, some girl yelling free free um, hugs. And I okay, I'll go check what this is about. So there's this really cute girl, long black hair, and she's like, you know, yelling out free hugs, free hugs. And I was like, fuck it, I got nothing better to do. I went up to talk to her, and we started getting a conversation going. And uh, she says to me, and it's like, uh, so, uh, so when we start talking, we start talking, I said to her, hey, listen, um, I got nothing going on. I'll just stick here and give out free hugs with you. So we're giving out free hugs, which is really odd, but I was like, boy, out of my mind before beforehand. And by the, by the time we realized it, like, there was two more people, so that was a, and then a, and then a third person. So along the line, there was two became five people, just giving out random hugs. And this was this must have went on for like a good fifteen minutes. The thing happened to me. She turns to me and says to the, says to me, "I swear to you, this is exactly what she said." She said, "Oh, I also give out free gropes," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> And like, yeah, I, I give out free gropes. And I like, said, so well, fine, grope away. And then she's like, starts like pawing at me. She gets her hands all over me, and then she cups my, my, my junk. And I'm like, whoa, okay. And I said to her, hey, listen, since you grope me, I should be able to get to grope you. And she said, go for it. So now I've got my hands all over her. And, uh, and then we just like look at each other, and we said, and and uh, we went back to the hugs. But as the as the day closed down, we uh, we walked to the exit, and we just started making out right there. 
It was pretty freaking awesome. And then we spent the rest of the, of the evening. I didn't, like, go home with her, but we spent the rest of the evening. We, made it, we went to McDonald's made out there. And, uh, and then we went to our respective place. We went to Brooklyn. I came back here and never saw her, never saw her again. Not even at the next con, so. Get a number, an email, an um, do kids still do? Well, I, I, I left it there because I really like the fact the way I like the way the story ended. You know? On a high note. But I think if like if if I yeah, it ended on a high note, I think if it would have gone it's one of those things that you know if you dragged it on, it would have just soured. You know, I just like, okay, I made out with some some random cute chick. At the, at the Comic Con, and that was it. I don't need anything else. There was this in uh be in before I start up. There was this one other occasion. This one's a pretty funny story. Um, I went to a Comic Con, the like a couple of the, the Comic Con a couple of years after. Uh, I was walking around the vendors area, and I don't know if you know about the uh the. The, the 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 Sonic the Hedgehog character Rouge that that white bat are you familiar with that? Sort of, it's kind of familiar. I think they're I think that character's in one yeah. of the racing games. Yeah. So I was there and uh, I was looking into the vendors, and then I felt like a, a a slash across my left shoulder, like something really like scratched me hard, and I went, oh fuck, I hurt. And I looked at it was, and it was this really cute girl dressed as Rouge. And she had like a pair of fake wings, and one of the wires that was holding up the wings was sticking out and cut me. And I was like, "Oh, you cut me!" Like really playing out. She was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And then she was like, "Oh," and then we started to start talking. And then I said, "Like, so, what do you like to do for fun?" She was like, "Oh, I like to masturbate." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah." And I said, "What about your boyfriend?" I was, he had, I was like, oh no, he's in Boston. And we guys are talking, and she thought I was attractive and handsome, and she gave me her number. So I started talking to her or texting her, and then she, um, then she dropped like a really scary bomb on me. She said, oh, um, she said, oh, I'm turning 18 in three months. And I'm like, what? She says, oh yeah, I'm 17. I said, okay, huh. okay, this is kind of bad. So because it was kind of a weird situation because yeah. She's 17, but and she's going to be 18 in three months, so should I wait it out? You know, kind of like, uh, just, just, just keep talking to her. And I probably would have, but then she, then she revealed to me that her dad was a fucking cop. After that, I was like, nah, forget it. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> and I haven't spoken to her since. Yeah, that, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. 18, to me personally, personal preference. Anything under... 21 is a, a hell no. Uh, and maybe 25, any, 25 is like, kind of like, like, unofficial cutoff, like, 25 is, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, you know, I don't know, any situation is different, but, I don't know, but, I think you may I, I, know, I, I know what you're saying, yeah, you but, yeah, I was, I, there's not, I was just talking, and, just went on. But again, so I didn't find out what her actual age till later on, so. Yeah. Are you, are you creeping so out there? So I don't think there? I just cut that off. But like I was saying before, if you, if, if there was a time that basically put, if you couldn't get a number at a Comic-Con or any con, that was, a, like, you, you just 
you might as well just cut off your genitals because that they're 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 of no use to you at that point. It, oh, I'm, yeah. I mean, I've only I mean to be honest, when I used to go to comic cons, it was back when it was legit comic cons. When it was, you know, yeah. I mean, the flea market that you're complaining about, that's what it was. You know? Yeah, it was you know people selling selling swag and. Uh, I mean, there were some, like, I guess their version of booth girls, but, I mean, there are no booths, there's just tables. Uh, a few guys giving out autographs and freak stuff. We used to go to the one, it was in, like, in a church basement, like, on 59th Street in the city. Like, in a, in a chiller theater. So, I mean, it was really, like, you know, I, I guess I missed out on this portion of the, uh, of the life cycle of a, of a con, where, you know, you could meet girls. Because when I went, it, there were no, there were no girls. It was... You know, I, I guess, I remember the first time, I didn't, my first experience with like a con, wasn't really, I don't know if it was technically a con, it was probably more of an expo, Yeah. but uh, I remember it was, it was actually in 1997, and I went to the uh, Penn Plaza, which was, I think, I don't know if it's still there, but at the time it was a Penn Plaza. Yeah, yeah, and I went I in there that one too. And, uh, you know, it was pretty cool, you know, it, it was dusty, and there were like vendors selling Olympics. There were some people there. Uh, I uh, I met David Gerding there. Uh, Lou Ferrigno put has. I have a picture. I had a picture at the time of Lou Ferrigno with me in a headlock. Um, by the way, the like I don't care if he's playing around. That those biceps like constricted my throat like to all be damned. <laughs> I mean he's an uh, excellent shape, man. He, he I mean he's pushing sixty. If not, he's already reached yeah. sixty, and he is still. He's still yeah, man, like, the guy is the Hulk in my book. Like he, like, I don't really think that was special effects. I think he was moving all that heavy shit on the TV show. Yeah. Um. So I met Derek Henry. I met Griffith. Uh, no, I also met um Simon Beasley, which uh, is one of the co-creators of the Ninja Turtles, and was a is a personal hero of mine. Uh, Beasley didn't. Ninja Turtles was uh, Eastman yeah. and Laird. Huh. Ninja Turtles is Peter Eastman and Kevin Laird. Oh, okay. Who else is well, I met, He's a Simon Beasley guy. Simon Beasley, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my bad. Um, and I met Julie Strain. Who was married to, was, uh, she's married to either Kevin Eastman or Peter Laird. She's married to one of them. Yeah, yeah she's, uh, she's married to Eastman. And the, the woman's a fucking Amazon, man. At, the, at least at the time, she was massive. And I mean, like, I've never seen, she's like the tallest woman I've ever met face-to-face. -face. Yeah, I think she's about maybe five, nine-ish, and she wears heels. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, she towered over me. I'm a, I'm a short guy, I can't deny that. But mm, she was like, she looked like she could lift me with one hand. It was it's, pretty scary. It's a podcast, you can even lie about your height. I am six foot eight. <laughs> right, right, what I say. But yeah, um, back to my three good points about the uh, the, the, the cons lately. Um, again, the ban on slutty costumes does make a point that it, it is a good thing because, like, uh, you know, a lot more parents are bringing their kids along to the cons. You know, I mean, there was a time where that wasn't the the so often because, like, now there's more of a of a generation of geeks and nerds out there than there ever was, and, they and they're holding like, on to it for a lot longer. You know, yeah. back in the day, if you were like 40 and you were considered a geek or a nerd, people would like look down on you. But now it's so much part of the culture 
where people, rem they can be a geek or nerd to the end of their days openly and it not be a problem. And because of this, a lot of them are bringing their kids. And quite frankly, if I had like a five-year-old daughter and I was at a com, I wouldn't want her to see like the Bible black girls flashing everybody. Yeah, which kind of brings up a point. Like, so yeah, I these can guys understand got, these guys got leads. why why that changed. Yeah, yeah these guys. Huh? No, it's like amazing that the fact that these guys have have even gotten laid to have kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, that is funny. But you know what, oh. what annoys me personally is like when I was growing up. And I mean, even though you're kind of way, you're kind of behind me by some some change, but still, I think when we were growing up, like yeah, all remember, this, all uh, this shit Diego, remember we're on the we're on the podcast. We can lie about our ages. All right, so that's so, so when I graduated high school three months ago. No, but seriously, <laughs> growing up, you know, all this shit that's popular now was looked down upon. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I would. I, I, you know, I was the, I was the wrestling geek. I was the comic book geek. I was this yeah. that and now like all that all that stuff is accepted by the mainstream and I'm like and on you know you know, on a physical thing you know this Kylie Jenner challenge people making their mm -hmm. lips big on purpose you know my lips are pretty yeah. big and I was made fun you know they made fun of me for it I'm like I was born like like 15 20 years too late like see I think the I think the reason it is um, in all honesty is because uh, the internet pure and simple. Because here's the thing, before the internet really came into play, like back in the early 90s, early to mid-90s, um, we were isolated from one another. You know, if you liked comics, the only way to find someone that liked comics as much as you did was to go to a comic store, yeah. you know? And, um, you know, people couldn't form, create forums or web pages or, you know, of, of any of these kinds. So we were so, we were all, we just like, there was so many out there we didn't know there were out there. We wouldn't, we couldn't say, hey, you know, uh, I like comic books. Oh, you like comic books too? I didn't know, you know. But now with the internet the way it is, you know, people, there's like the community has grown because we're all aware of one another. We all know that we exist out there. You like anime? Go to an anime uh, page. Go to an anime channel. Go to an anime um like a, a Facebook group. A site on Facebook and it's galvanized people. It's made these people realize, hey, number one, you're not weird for liking this and number two, there's all this community behind it. You know? And that's what I like about most of it the internet 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 because now it's really made communities for everybody. If you like toy cars, you could be forty, like matchbox cars and that's perfectly fine now because there's a community there. You know, like if you like Hot Wheels, fuck it. There's a community there. If you're if you're into like old classic video games, there's a community there. There's literally a home for everyone and everything now. So yeah, there's and the and the funny thing is now that like the like the main corporations, the big high echelons are aware of these people existing. Of course, they're gonna pander to them and try to make money off of them like hey these people really like comics let's make comic book movies and look at the last avengers movie that disney made it's like it it basically printed money yeah and if you get what I'm yeah and it's pretty funny it's just like uh ah, i already lost my truth though it's just that uh 
you know, back in back in the day, I kind of feel bad about this. It's just like I remember this one, yeah. this one guy tried to introduce me to Doom Patrol, and I was obsessed with anything X Men. Yeah, that's like you know, like he was like I kind of BS. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy it. Second, I turn he turns back, I put it right back on the shelf, and he caught me. Yes. And man, I broke that nerd's heart. And wow, yeah, there there was a lot of there there was. Uh, it was always that one DC versus Marvel hatred. It was a serious rivalry that existed. I don't know if it still exists today, but back in the day, oh my god, it was like nah, the Capulets and the Montagues. Nah, it still exists. I mean, if you go to any, if you see any photos of anything online, you'll just see people model it better. But actually, it's funny that you talk about communities and forums and whatever. Like it's like you know, well, like you know, the internet's connecting. You know, Neil, mm-hmm. jo- Neil Jones, the guy that guess we had on today. He has two of them, you know, In Your Head, which is a wrestling form, and Without Your Head, which is a horror movie form. So it's just like, you know, he got like these two things, and it's like so, you know, like the horror, the horror, you know, it's like, you know, people from like Texas, Germany, New York City, Rhode Island, you know, everybody talking about this one thing they love, and then when you go to the wrestling, it's like the same thing. People from Australia, New York, Detroit, you know, Georgia, everybody talking about the same thing they like, it's like a community online community that he's he's built not one but two of them which is why you know i asked him to be my first guest because he built two communities based off podcasting online forums so what i love about what i really like about the age we live in and it's really it's actually a really good place now for uh female fans i like to say i mean like granted there's still a lot of opposition from people and i think it's stupid but you know there was a time back in the day where, like, it, uh, people don't realize it, as difficult as it was for dudes to admit that they like comic books and all this, it was really difficult for girls, you know, because, like, uh, you know, they they weren't expected to like these things. If a, if a guy liked it, was still a guy. If a girl liked these things, they kind of questioned things, you know, like, you know, are you really a girl or anything? So, then you got, you know, female comic book fans, you got female comic book, there's, there's good comic book writers, female comic book artists that are doing really amazing work now, female, you know, gamers, female wrestling fans. I was unaware of how many female fans there are out there until recently. Like, I go on Facebook and I see all these people that are, like, really into pro, all these girls that are really into pro wrestling, and they watch it religiously, and they have their favorite uh, wrestlers. And on all honesty, growing up, I didn't know that was a thing. Not that I didn't want it to be a thing, I just was ignorant to it. So, I think that the, it's, it's majorly good for the female, you know, gender, because it proves that they do exist, and they are just as valuable as any dude in the community. And I hope that the, the number of girls that like comic books and video games, and it grows over time. I think we need more of it. Yeah, we're actually... But, uh, we, we have no, we, no, we have nothing confirmed yet, but there's two female comic book artists that I'm currently trying to recruit to be interview subjects for this show. The show nice. is how things have... Uh, in addition to Asia, other, you know, other comic book artists as well. Actually, you know... Well, now that we're talking about, talking about books, let's segue, Let's do a little non-segment back to uh, the Yaoi. We're talking about the uh, homoerotic one. Yeah. yeah, fan fiction. Let's go back to that. 
because that's uh, that needs to be spoken about. Because right. we're talking about comics, we're talking about women. What better way to segue into the uh, <laughs> the homoerotic books? Because I have seen a lot of, I, I have known some girls that are writers and artists of, of like full manga, like Americanized manga, that do like what's called yaoi, which is basically man on man. So I don't know if you've ever seen any of these comics. I don't know if you've seen anything on the internet. Um, but that's basically just, you know, dudes, romance story between dudes. And it goes back to what you were talking about earlier, which is, you know, the homoerotica. And, you know, there's not, it's not just, you know, novelizations. There are more than just, like, words on paper. There's actual illustrations, which I have seen, by the way. And uh, it's pretty crazy shit. How did, how did, how did, how did you uh, come across this? Because, you know, that's not something you just, like, stumble and fall into. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, like a, it's like an open man on a whole car. I used to have uh, a friend of mine uh, that she would was obsessed with yaoi, Japanese man-on-man action. Like, everything she read was yaoi. Um... And she would show it to me, and I would be like, "No, I no thanks, I'm I'm alright." But she's but she showed me, and she showed me what she's written, and she showed me what she's drawn, and she was a really good artist too. I'm not gonna take that away from her, despite her subject matter. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but yeah, you know that like uh, she would take current stories. Whatever she she had like she would do something based on like her favorite anime. Sometimes she would do something based on an American comic book. Um, I can't even tell you how, like there's one thing she did with the flash and Superman, which let's just say it was faster than a speeding bullet. No, I don't even want to know. I mean, yeah, I, mean, you don't. I mean, I'm very, I'm, you know, I love my homosexual friends, but I don't want to know anything about, I don't want to know about anybody's sex life. Even, even the hetero, heteros. Yeah. I don't want to know about anything. <laughs> Keep that door closed. I asked her, like, why would, why does she like this stuff? And then she said to me, well, why do you like girl on girl? I said, and, and, and maybe sit down. And, like, have you ever really sat down and analyzed why you like sexual? It's the weirdest, like, it's the weirdest exodus in your mind you'll ever take. Like, a lot of, there's a lot of, like, questions of the universe you can contemplate. But why you're into something sexually, that's like the weirdest travel you can ever take. So I sat down, and I was really thinking about myself, like, you know, well, why do I like girl on girl? It, it makes no logical sense. It's not like I'm having sex with these girls, so why do I like it? Mm-hmm. And then the only, ex, the, the only answer that came to mind was like, well, it's two hot chicks, I guess, you know, like two for the price of one. And she said, there you go. And that was her answer, and that was a pretty astute answer. So basically, what they is just one dude, two dudes being attractive together. Yeah, you know. I mean, I learned from an early age. I don't want to say how early. I think I was still somewhat in high school or just graduated, where you know we were hanging out with a bunch of girls, and I made I I I made like a homoerotic gesture to one of my friends. And the girls, uh-huh. and the girls, they popped for it. My boy was not, <laughs> he wasn't happy about it. But when the girls, wow. when the girls, they popped for whatever I did, I forgot. I think I like fake dry hump them or something. And they're like, I was like, holy crap, chicks like this stuff. 
And to this day, I, I, still, I still do it, man. Like, I still, like, you know, you know, I still goofy. Like, you know, like, if I see girls around, yeah. I'm just going to, like, you know, pretend I'm a lust one of my guy friends. Yeah, yeah. The, the bigger and scarier he is, the funnier and better it is. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. See, I can't, do, I can't do that kind of thing because, like I said before, I'm a little guy. So in any, in most sexual certain uh, man-on-man scenarios, I mean, I look like I'm the uh, yeah, you're like the, the I'm the twink of the two. Or yeah, you're you're so, like, I'm taking it. So so like I don't think I would be very attractive in that scenario. They probably think I'm the one getting flipped around. <laughs> I don't know. I think so, I think it's called. I think their chicks are into that. I think it's called pegging. P e g g i n g. You know what? You know what, you know what oh god! I, I just I just found this out a couple of days ago. If, <laughs> if, 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 if we're gonna have to describe this podcast to people, I think it's gonna end up. I mean, we're trying to make it an entertainment podcast and pop culture yeah. and whatever. But I think at the end of the day, we're gonna be a rule thirty four rule thirty four podcast. Peg, yeah. Pegging, which, you know, if a woman even thinks about this, like, it's not happening with, uh, with me. Like, I might, you know, if we, get, if we get into some after dark stories later, I might mention some scenarios, but uh, pegging is when, is the, when the female. This is happening. After yeah, dark. When, it comes to, yeah, when it comes to pegging, this isn't happening. Pegging is when the female puts, the, puts on a strap on, and I'll just leave it at that. Oh, okay. So, the, oh, that's, so that's that's taking it. I I was dating a I uh, yeah I was dating a chick who she always like made that joke and she she was like make gestures and then she would kind of like almost like you know with her hands like try to do things and I'm just like like eventually like I'm like all right if this is what you're really into no offense it's not what I'm into so I think this just this just isn't working out. Yeah, yeah, so this tunnel, the sign on this tunnel reads exit only. Pretty much. But that's why I got the tattoo. Yeah. The, I got a, a tramp stamp that says stop. <laughs> no, not here. <laughs> but yeah, back to um the main subject. But yeah, um, yeah. as for homoerotic fan fiction, from what I understand now, is, um, and believe it or not, the, the most I've heard of was from like the show Supernatural. Like that one has yeah, to way too much. I need to watch that show. It looks good. I've seen a few episodes, like, but not in sequential order. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I only saw it up to season five, and then I just got tired of it because, the sh- look, to be fairly honest, after the show should have ended at season season three, and it would have ended on a high note. It would have ended in a logical note. But, it, but they just kept coming to these people with trucks full of money, money and saying, we want you to make more, more, more episodes. Okay, yeah. we're going to fuck up our own storyline. And they did. They took a big steaming dump all over their storyline, and now it goes nowhere. Oh, that's small CDs. I tell you right now, it's so bad, it might as well have been directed by uh, freaking Michael Bay. Hey, I love Michael Bay. I and mean, that's why you fail. I mean, then again, I, and then again, we do host bad movie nights. So, um, actually, yeah. if we go once again, we're going right back into Rule Thirty Four on the whole homoerotic thing. You know, right. you know, in case in case obviously you guys don't know this, Hector and I actually we're not going to mention the subject matter. Uh, Hector and I, we we uh, we we belong to a LARPing group, live action role playing. Even though 
I don't know about you, but me, I know nothing about role-playing, but here we are, we're doing live-action role-playing with a bunch of people. And these two new girls, they, they joined in on, on the LARP, and they're explaining how the night before, they, they were role-playing with each other on Facebook. And I don't remember if it was, if it was a Harry Potter LARP or a Lord of the Rings LARP, but they were, they were LARPing online, and it and eventually became like a homoerotic thing again, where both of them were dudes, and they end up being guys pegging each other. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, like, like I don't know, I, like I'm just like baffled by, I'm really baffled by it. Like, nothing. Of, hey, first of all, there's no, it's no longer role playing. You guys are cybersexing, uh, uh, or that's yeah. called, right? Cybersex. Do people even do that? Shit? I never, I never got into that. Like that really, my imagination is like. If it's not the real thing, I literally could care less, like, phone sex, yeah. cyber sex. I mean, one time, if we're going way off course now, but, hey, it's a podcast. Yeah, I, I, was, I, 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 I I've done both. I enjoy it. I'm not going to lie that I don't. But, um, I can understand why people are, like, again, like not so much into it, because it'd be kind of like the equivalent of you being, and I'm going to say this again, but it's kind of like being hungry and, and someone like describing a meal to you pretty much that's like, exactly what it is you know it's like oh man oh baby oh i'm so hungry what are you what are you eating yeah. well i'm eating a bruschetta it's covered in cheese Ooh, what kind it's, of cheese say, say it slowly baby what kind of cheese say are we talking about what kind of cheese are we talking what about kind of, yeah slather that but, uh, but yeah I mean, you know, the funny thing is, I, I've always said this before, that's the same reason I don't like strip clubs. I've never been to a strip club. I have no desire to go to a strip club. And they always ask me, well, why don't you ever want to go to a strip club? Because that's like, I'm going into a strip club, and I'm paying to look at the women and not touch them. That is like going to Wendy's, and you're only allowed to look at the burgers. That's, I mean, yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, I've been to, I've only been to a handful of them, and each time i it's uh, it's just not not been good times for the girls because I tell them immediately listen. Now, when you hold on, when you say handful, are you talking about the asses you've grabbed? Is that what you're saying? No, nah, don't. I don't touch anybody. No, nah, this <laughs> is all went. I went a few times and I told the girls, "Just like listen, man, I'm not here for you. So I, you know, I'm a waste of your time. I'm just gonna, you know, go to the bar, talk to the bartender, if it's male or female, and get beer while my idiot friends are done wasting." You know, wasting their money on you guys, and man, were they—they they weren't fans of me uh, for good reasons. And I, you know, but I was upfront. I'm like, look, I don't want to waste your time. Yeah, I don't want you to waste mine. I'm not gonna give you any money. You're not gonna give me, you know, even 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 if you were gonna give me whatever, whatever. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not interested. And uh, what I love, what I love about—I've never been to a strip club. However. I was talked to on the street by a stripper, and um, is that <laughs> to this very day I don't know if it was like something or nothing. What had happened was again I'm gonna share one of my stories with you. What had happened is one time I was on the bus, getting on the bus, and I was you know this was like mid '90s, so I um, so I was using my CD player Walkman, yeah. and I was listening to my Cradle of Filth. And if you're a, by the way, if you're a Cradle of fan, you're my friend. And I'm listening, and I'm wearing my uh, Master Metallica Masters of Puppet shirts. And this girl, this cute girl with blonde hair, comes out of nowhere 
I said, yeah, I like your shirt. Uh, I like that band. So we started talking. And then we both get on the bus and we start talking. And we and I show her the, the song. I, I let her hear my song. And she's like, oh, she, she looks like she's really digging me. And uh, she was about to get off the bus. And she's, uh, she said, you should come see me where I work. I said, where do you work? And then she hands me a card, and she's one of the slip. She's one of the strippers in the in the, some strip club in North. I was like, fuck, you're just trying to get money off of me. <laughs> no, yeah, pretty much. Because oh, yeah. it's amazing how, like, I think that's the one thing strippers and, like, female bartenders have in common. They're very, and, and waitresses, they're very Machiavellian. Like, she, like, they will do anything well, basically, any woman like the the sales aspect will like pretend to flirt with you, and they just to get that like that extra amount of money out of you. And uh, there are people that just fall for it. And like, dude, she doesn't like you. She's just trying to get money off of you. Yeah. But these guys, they're like convinced that you know these chicks are falling in love with them. Yeah, let me tell two quick stories before we wrap up here because we're at the two. Yeah, we're at the two-minute we're, we're two warning. Quickly, one time we were in Vegas, this one stripper took at least, four, she, she scammed at least $400 off my boy. I This is this is still second hand to me, because when they said they were going to the crazy horse, number two, I said, I'm not uh -huh. going there. They all went. They all got, they all lost hundreds of bucks, and uh -huh. nothing happened. I went to a local place, and I'm not going to get too personal, but I had a good time. Another uh, and then another another thing I'm gonna mention, which which makes me laugh, is we're at the we're at the we're at a diner here in Jersey, and there's a chick, Asian girl, black hair. I won't say she's Filipino. She is surprisingly for an Asian stacked. And yeah. my boy, who's into that, he is drooling over this girl the whole time, drooling over her. And uh, so when the, when the bill comes, there's like eight of us there, and he's like. Alright guys, everyone put in five dollar tips. Everybody put in five dollar tips. He's like, all of us put five bucks in for a tip. You know, my, you know, my meal. Uh -huh. So then, uh, so when he found out she had a boyfriend, he's just like, no, no tip for her, no tip for her. And he like to sell the tip money. And I'm like, dude, are you fucking serious? No, she needs to get tips. <laughs> so. On that note, let me let me end this podcast. Hector, thank you for thank you for helping me out here. We'll be back next week, thank folks. You for, thank you for letting yourself be helped. Give me a second. Uh, yeah, give me a second. So yeah, uh, good night. We'll come up with a catchphrase next week and I'll talk to you later. I got blisters on my fingers. All right.